Right. Now, I know you're, you're against oils. Am I right about that? Correct. And, uh, but there are others that talk very strong, you know, are very much in favor of oils, specifically olive oil. But I'm against oils, too, as much as I can avoid them. Correct. Dr. Nick Delgado here. Our podcast and webinar broadcasting to you from Las Vegas, Nevada at RADFest, an attempt to look at immortality. If we live long enough, we can get there. Ira Goodman. Yes. And Wendy. Wendy Goodman. You two have been married for 30, 30 years. years. We just had our 30 year anniversary. Wow. Yeah, just done by two months ago. So I, I know, Ira, you're an MD, correct? Correct. And you've been practicing medicine for a number of years. Right, since 1974. What makes you unique is you look at these advanced <laughs> techniques of health and anti-aging and wellness. So what I want to understand is, why is Wendy so sharp? Is it because hanging out with you or yeah. you got sharp from hanging out with Wendy? I think I got that's sharp the from hanging out with Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> we, call her, we call her the doctor of the family. <laughs> And I'm just, I just follow her advice. She's got amazing common sense. You know, yeah. I'm into all these details, and, but she knows what to do all the time. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's, you. That's, awesome. that's nice coming from Ira, who's an expert, and everyone says he's such a genius. And oh, he is. I appreciate that. I appreciate is. that. But he recognizes someone who is, he's smart enough to know he recognizes who, who actually saves the day when, when you know, when things, things happen. I take over. Okay, <laughs> so what are we talking about? <laughs> We're really wanting to understand a series of protocols. I kind of like that if something impresses you, Ira, enough and you, Wendy, that you actually implement it and practice it and utilize it. Tell me what you've embraced and also, if you like, what you've discarded along the way of this pursuit of certainly anti-aging and hopefully living long enough to get past the normal lifespan of what's the longest recorded 123 that we know of in right. some number of days. Yeah. Okay. There are several things that I've discarded and there's several things that I've embraced. We'll start with the things that I've embraced. First of all, I've been studying hyperbaric oxygen for the last uh, several years. It's been on my bucket list and my, my wish list and I finally got a, a chamber and I have it How in long my garage. Ago? Only about three months ago. Inflatable or steel? Inflatable. It's, a, it's a soft chamber. It goes down to 1.3 atmospheres and I use it in conjunction with a oxygen concentrator. Nice. Okay. And as you know, the concentrators can generate at least theoretically 95% oxygen. And I use it with a non-rebreather mask, which is a mask that means that has a, a bag attached to it. So when you breathe out, you're not breathing in the same air that you breathed out like you would in any kind of normal mask. And I get in the, and you can zip yourself in and out. It's got a triple zipper system that allows you to control how long you're in there. And I have a little app on my phone called Barometer that shows me what the depth is as I go down. If you don't close the chamber exactly right, it leaks a little and you don't go down to full depth. It also has... Um, valves on the chamber that allow you to you know to, so that you don't go too deep the FDA says you can't go anything any deeper than 1.3 atmospheres with a soft chamber and I went to a few conferences I've done a lot of reading I've spoken to many of the people that have their own hyperbaric chambers and I and I to date I have about 80 hours in it there's a fellow I know that's a physician in 
um, Canada that told me about it. His name is Co- Code, Dr. Code. And he claims he cured his, his, own, his multiple sclerosis from the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And he's had about 300 hours in it. He does a number of other things. He's an expert in medical cannabis also. And uh, he does the full functional medicine protocol. But he says it's the hyperbaric chamber that, that's really put him over the edge. Now, as you know, when you use a hyperbaric chamber, the oxygen molecules dissolve into the plasma, which doesn't normally happen. They usually just stay in the red blood cells. And red blood cells cannot fold small enough to get through some very small capillaries, and they, so they can't diffuse into your brain, into some of the extracellular fluid. And that's the theory behind it. Worse, those people on a keto diet with all the olive oils, not the whole food keto where they're eating, not the seeds, they're actually drinking coconut oil, olive oil, and all that oil goes in and clumps the blood cells together. And most of those bloods, 30% of the entire circulation is impeded at the capillary bed. And very few people quote that, but that's why they drink so much coffee to cut through the grease and wake them up. Right. Now, I know you're, you're against oils. Am I right about that? Correct. And, uh, but there are others that talk very strong, you know, are very much in favor of oils, specifically olive oil, but I'm against oils too, as much as I can avoid them. Correct. And uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, like McDougal says, the oil you eat is the oil you wear. Uh, it's not uh, just the uh, fat uh, retention uh, that I'm concerned about. It's at the molecular level, mm-hmm. the cellular level, on a literally minute by minute basis. Right. I can track, if I drew your blood, after yeah. a baseline, let's say you're eating fairly, you're mostly plant-based, right? right. Fruits, oh, vegetables, right. beans, and peas. You're mm-hmm. both fairly close yes. to that. Okay. And I don't know if I've ever done the live blood microscopy on you. Yeah. We get a baseline. We do a lipid triglyceride, a glucose. And I would guess, you know, on a, any given day, right. your blood would be, you know, you f- you're kind of that teeter between slightly hungry, slightly um, satisfied, right? Right. And by being at that level, your triglycerides, I can almost predict, will be between 45 and maybe 125. Right. A person who's consumed oil, you're going to see it at 75 to 150, 250 and above. I had a, a good body worker working on me last night on my shoulder, and he said he switched from plant-based to keto, and his triglycerides are alarmingly high, 450. Wow. His cholesterol has gone through the roof. Yeah. I see this time and time again. Yeah. But that's not what worries me. It's the coating of the blood cells with the fat. Oh, it's terrible. And remember, on the head of a pin, there's 8 million red blood cells. So those droplets of fat go into and coat every blood cell in your entire lymphatic system and then into the circulatory system. That's right. And that impedes. So going back to the folding of red blood cells, because they're nine microns, they have to get through seven microns in the capillary beds, and they have to squeeze. But if there's two of them stuck together from oil, right. they can't get through. Exactly. Right. And if, uh, and if you don't have using hyperbaric oxygen, that's another way to augment your oxygenation. And other thing hyperbaric oxygen does, it increases NAD production. Really? It increases stem cell production, and it kills incipient cancer cells, according to the Warburg effect. Cancer can't live in an aerobic environment. In presence of oxygen. So my theory is that if you expose somebody who's normal, doesn't have a diagnosis of cancer, as is the case with me, that you kill incipient cancer cells before it gets to the lump in the bump phase. 
And Lump and bump, and you're, by the way, approaching 870, is that right, correct? Right, just turned 70 wow. a few months ago. Okay. Also, and uh, there's another thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a marker called Galactin-3. It's a, it's a marker I first learned about on the HDL lab panel years ago that does fractionated lipids and another, a number of other cardiovascular markers. It's supposed to be a marker of fibrosis and, and possibly cancer. And the first time I ran that test, oh, about... 10, 12 years ago, my Galactin-3 on myself, my Galactin-3 was up and I said, I never even heard of this marker. So I started looking it up. I called all the experts in the field, the, the researchers who knew about Galactin-3 and he says, uh, if you have cardiac fibrosis or fibrosis anywhere else in the body or even stage four cancer, you could have an elevated Galactin-3. So I thought that my Galactin-3 was elevated because I had a little fibrosis in my heart from a, a atrial septal defect repair that I had in 1991. And that was my running theory. However, I f once I got my gallbladder out, which was fibrosed, and once I got oh. my prostate uh, removed with a green laser, the Galactin-3 went down from about 60 to 30, normal is under 20. Okay, and it stayed there 25, 35, you know, went down a little, but it was still elevated, and my lipidologist didn't know what to do about it. But then when I started to use the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, it went down to 15 for the first time ever. Wow. wow. Back to your prostate being removed, did your PSA drop, obviously? Yes, it, it From did. what? From about 6.5 to 1.2. Okay. And I have no urinary symptoms. Did it affect... Of course, I almost died during that procedure. <laughs> oh, my because, gosh. Because this is a whole other story. Did, did uh, you have a, a sexual impediment after a prostate removal? No. Okay. Uh, Wendy? No. no, no. <laughs> See how I turned no, to Wendy? No, 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 no. I don't know what you're asking, but no, so, it was, uh, he had like a lot of blood loss. He had a lot of blood loss and almost oh, died. Yeah, it was horrible. That's, I it told was you this story. Because he had an infection you and, you know, it was, the surgery should have taken place at the time. because she wanted to Oh, no, I was just going to say also, I learned from one of uh, Ira's students, was that if you reduce your uh, sugar intake, your carbohydrate, your, 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 uh, those kinds of foods, you can also re reduce your triglycerides. I was thinking, okay, you reduce your fats, reduce your oils and your meat and your animal protein, but also just the sugars and things like sure, that can also, something which is something I that. never even considered. So, you know, because my triglycerides are a little bit on the higher level and I'm, oh, I'm not eating animal protein, doctor. I'm not eating oils. On fasting or after eating, because there's been studies done that those on a high complex carbohydrate, higher fiber diet will have higher triglycerides upon fasting in the morning. But during the course of the day, we have much lower on a 24 hour period, mm -hmm. lower triglycerides. That's so like you need to be start checking. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's just interesting because that's something I never, yes, I know I need to cut back on my sugar, but then again, I never even considered that as an effect on my triglyceride count, and the doctor didn't even mention it. It was just like, oh, cut back on the meat, don't eat the whole guacamole, not considering like maybe I need to cut back on the sugar. So I thought that was very Both helpful. Both are important. Both are important, I mean, but I didn't understand why for that purpose, so I thought that was very and helpful. That, but another thing about hyperbaric oxygen, since I've been using it, for the first time in my life, I have a normal echocardiogram. And the reason I've had abnormal... 80 treatments over the course of how many months? Uh, about four months. Wow. And um, That's huge. You know what an ASD is, an atrial septal defect. Okay. That's a congenital heart defect. There's a hole in the, in the membrane that divides the right and left atrium. 
and I've had this obviously since birth. It wasn't diagnosed until I was age 40 when I went into an arrhythmia. And then I went out to Boston Children's Hospital and I was one of the first hundred adults to get the lock clamshell device put in to fix my ASD transvascularly, okay, through my femoral artery and vein, okay? Whoa. And um, uh, however I did. So, but even post-op from that, I had abnormal chamber size. Three out of my four chambers were abnormally high. Now my most recent echocardiogram, since I've been using the hyperbaric oxygen, are all normal. And wow. I have no arrhythmia, and I'm 70 years old. I have great aerobic capacity. I climb Torrey Pines Mountain almost every day. I do weights, and, uh, you know, and I used to have you know, arrhythmias all the time. Uh, SVT is usually. Yeah, it's reduced. That's it's tremendous reduced. result. Yeah, it's tremendous reduced. result it's in a short period of time. Now, is uh, how it, many treatments per week? If if you did eighty over the course of well, how many when months, I you first said? started it, I was doing it every day. Okay, and sometimes it'd stay in there an hour and a half. And what do you my, read in there? Yeah, you could read. You bring your phone. You read. Make phone calls. You, you can know, listen make to your podcast. Yeah, listen to Nick exactly. Delgado on podcast that's iTunes. It. <laughs> you know that takes up half the time right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get pretty talkative. You know. <laughs> And I, I finished writing a book, like I was telling you. Yeah. And it's going to be coming out in the next three months. It's entitled Lion Dad, How I Nudge My Cub Into the Ivy League. It's a, a criticism of the tiger mother paradigm. And it's also an expose of elite colleges and how they function. And it's very timely but considering that. But in addition to, there's some health factors and that, that you brought into, yeah. you know, some medical. Well, it's, a, it's a big story. Yeah, some health issues also, how ki how kids can get dummy down in school, get on medications, the doc the whole you know, institution of, I don't know how to word it right, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Right. That you talked about in the, the book, the that it's not just. College industrial complex. Yeah, very interesting. And, the, and the, the fact that it's not a meritocracy, but we don't want to talk about that now. We want to talk about medicine. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I've been looking into and I've gotten into recently as a result of my good friend David Brownstein is medical ozone. Have you had any experience with that? I've had a few treatments done. Uh, I kind of looked at oxidative stress uh, after the ozone treatment. How did you uh, look at that? Well, I mean, obviously it caused oxidative stress. Transiently. Right, you're trying to knock out what, microbes essentially. Uh, is well, it mostly gonna hit the bad microbes or what else are you trying to accomplish? Uh, there, first of all, ozone kills almost any bug. Even but aren't there good bugs? That was, there are good bugs, but it doesn't affect the microbiome. They've studied that, and you would think that if you did okay. rectal insufflation of ozone, it would kill all of the, the good bugs as well, but for some reason it doesn't. Hmm. It, because the ozone, you're not putting that much in, and it's not going through your entire colon. And it, you know, it gets insufflated into your rectum and sigmoid, and then it gets absorbed, and it goes right to the liver. It increases your intracellular glutathione. Now, glutathione, as you know, is the body's strongest intracellular antioxidant. All right, do you know what the strongest extracellular antioxidant is? No. It's bilirubin. Really? Something that we all have, yes. And, that, and that's a very strong antioxidant. And that's the reason that people with Gilbert syndrome, have you heard of Gilbert syndrome? I have. They have chronic hyperbilirubinemia, 
which means your indirect bilirubin is high. Those people, and you could look this up in any of the, in the literature, have, have a 50% lower all-cause mortality rate and 50% lower cardiovascular mortality rate. Why? Because bilirubin is such a strong antioxidant, it kind of burns off all the plaque. And if you believe in the antioxidant theory of, of aging. Wow. So, uh, yeah, even uh, Sandra Kaufman uh, was, was, you know, was interested to know that. And now let's get, let's talk about the Kaufman Protocol. Okay. And that new book. I read that new book, uh, her book, uh, oh, about two months ago. And it, it really changed the way I look at nutraceuticals and I changed my approach. And what did I do? I stopped taking CoQ10 because I think it's only necessary in people who have heart failure or, or cardiac issues. I stopped taking niacin, which I've been taking at 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams a day and recommending it for lipids. And uh, because, it, first of all, it was giving me some GI distress that it frequently does. The niacin. But, but I could not take uh, NR or, or nicotinamide riboside in, in order to uh, increase my NAD levels. Uh, you can't do that at the same time you're taking high-dose niacin. Okay. So I wanted to get off the niacin. And, uh, and I stopped taking a number of other things that, you know, I had about 30 or 40 things. I would go to these meetings, I'd listen to a lecture, and I'd hear somebody, this sounds good. And, I, and all of a sudden, I'm adding one thing after another to my protocol. Before you know it, it you know, I'm, I'm choking like a horse to, to take, get it all down. Mm -hmm. So I've reduced, I started taking astaxanthin which uh, I'm very impressed with the, the studies that she's showed in her book about that. And, um, uh, you know, and a few other things that, you know, that I saw. I think she actually, she's a pediatric anesthesiologist. You realize how hard that is and how detailed. Right. And she, she's just turned 50, she looks great. And she went through all of the nutrients and she can, and then has, showed you through her app and the book and her website which ones are optimal for you as an individual and uh, Bill Andrews just gave her a promotion uh, you know her book of a promo and and I am too I think it's an excellent book it's the most rational approach to how to design a customized nutraceutical program that I've ever seen and uh, so uh, affordable practical yeah it's affordable and practical and you don't have to take that you know I'm taking a few less than I did before so that's another thing I've changed now the medical ozone getting back to that not that also increases your glutathione production so it's good for killing any kind of bacteria and it, Robert Ro, uh, Rowan uh, has been using this for years and he claims he's cured Ebola with it and even HIV now, if you have a serious infection, you need to do what's called 10-pass. You, uh, you ozonate your blood as it comes out and then put it back in at 200 cc's per infusion. That's one pass. If you do it 10 times in a row, that's 10-pass. And then sometimes you combine it with UV light, and I've never done that. I only do rectal insufflation. And uh, occasionally, I'll, I'll put it on my skin. They make ozonated, ozonated oils that uh, work good for any kind of skin problem. So uh, I, I, and that I don't, you know, I don't use that every day. I just can't do everything every day. But, you know, I kind of pretty much have it around. It's 2 o'clock till he's out to, of the sauna. Uh, <laughs> just in case I, you know, come down with a flu or something like that. You still use the relaxed sauna or you use a wood sauna? I use a wood sauna. 
that I've had also for 15 years that I bought in Canada and that I use it almost daily. That is the number one thing that I've ever done for myself, for health-wise. That's also very relaxing. And I don't know if it's the perfect wood. It you know, has a little cedar smell to it. And they say that you know, those cedar, cedar wood can predispose you to esophageal cancer. Uh, but uh, fortunately, I haven't had anything like that. But, and uh, but I just find it very relaxing, and I sweat a lot, and then I shower off and like that. So, Wendy, tell me, you mentioned about a jar of herbs. Oh, yeah. So I've been studying, I've been studying Ayurveda, and uh, one of my practitioner instructors uh, had recommended a product that he put together. It's called More Life, and uh, it has about 200 herbs, you know, uh, pressed uh, in, into the uh, compound. Uh, organic from India and so I've been taking that daily and I feel dramatic increase of energy I feel my digestion has improved dramatic dramatically um, just just little details in my basic overall well-being has greatly improved um, so that's that's what I can tell you if you want to look it up it's called more life and there's also um, in Ayurveda that they um, do a lot with massage, and again, I'm just sort of new, lear learning about more life. I mean, learning about Ayurveda, but um, they use oils for massage, and in the oils that they manufacture also has abundance of herbs for your your dosha type, whether you're vata, kapha, pitta, and to, to balance that dosha, because Ayurveda is all about bringing balance. It's not about curing the disease, it's about bringing balance. Oftentimes, I mean, they do cure some diseases, but more or less about bringing balance into your life. So you're having stomach ache and you're doing all these other things that are causing an imbalance, you know, these things can kind of balance you out, you know. If you're eating astringent foods and you should be eating warming, kinds of foods you know the, these things that we do to ourselves because you think oh this is right for me because I'm gonna have this long-term effect but if it overall is not right for your constitution it's gonna throw you out of balance or you're you know up all night and you're not getting enough rest or you're not doing your meditation you're you're you know taking some time off for yourself and relaxing uh, whether it's actually meditation or going for long walks you have to do these things to kind of you know, bring yourself into balance Oh, fantastic. Right. It's not, yeah, it's I not just, all I just about finished David vitamins. Sinclair's new book, Lifespan. Have you read that yet? No. It's quite good. He and talks about uh, mitochondria? Yeah, he yeah. talks about mitochondria. You know, as you know, he's the Harvard, works at Harvard Medical School, and he helped bring resveratrol to the marketplace. And now he's convinced he can reverse aging in some, in mice and in rodents. He has a series of experiments, and they asked him at the end what he himself takes. He takes a gram of resveratrol, he takes NMR, and, and he also takes metformin. He also takes a statin and an aspirin, which I don't necessarily agree with, but, uh, you know, and, uh, but he doesn't take a handful of nutraceuticals. Uh, but uh, he, He's a proponent of NAD as well, right? Yeah, well, yeah, the NMR is the same thing. Okay. Yeah, that is one step uh, be, you know, downstream from N NMR in that it, you, you need one less step to convert that to NAD than you do the NR. Okay. Okay. So, so um, but I use, you know, you know Tony Robbins, and we've mm -hmm. talked about this many times, mm -hmm. and he has a three-step method for success. Okay. Is one, know your outcome, mm -hmm. two, take massive action, and three, see what you get and make the adjustments. And that's 
what I do. And that, you know, whether that were for any patient or myself, you have a, a program in place, and I have a seven-pronged program for anti-aging. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But you see what you get, and then you make changes along the way. And if you do that intelligently, you'll eventually wind up like a jet landing on a dime, you're making 10,000 changes along the way. And the seven prongs of aging I have, of course, diet, exercise. Diet being plant-based. Uh, yes, plant-based. Well, we could talk about either preferably. one. Let me give you the framework first, okay. and then we could talk about the individual steps. Diet, exercise, stress release, and sleep. I put that under one category. Exposure to oxygen. I make that as the fourth one. The fifth is detoxification. The sixth is hormones. And the seventh is nutraceuticals. Now, that, that is the order that I put them in, an order of importance for me. Okay, now if you happen to have lead poisoning, detoxification might be number one. You know, you, you, have, you put your own order in place. Okay. Okay, and, um, and of course the diet is a plant-based, whole foods diet. The exercise is daily, you know, uh, exercise either walking or climbing or, you know, integrated with some weights. The stress release is, and sleep is meditation and do whatever you have to in order to get as much sleep as you can, which I'm always not successful at, as, as I'd like to be. And then, uh, and then the next is exposure to oxygen. You can either do that through a hyperbaric chamber or there's different breathing exercises or you can use ozone. Or, you know, and there's uh, various ways to optimize your body's utilization of oxygen. That's I really fine. believe that. Yeah, now, Sandra fine. Kaufman disagrees with me. She thinks oxygen kills stem cells. But anything I've ever read, that's not true. It actually increases stem cells. So I'm going to have to email her some of these articles. There's an interesting, and just speaking of that subject, uh, the cyclic variations in adaptive conditioning, which I've done both hyperbaric, but I also have done uh, more treatments with altitude conditioning, changing at a thousand feet. Uh, you, you go up to twenty thousand feet and drop at a thousand feet per second. So your body's constantly getting changes in in altitude and releasing EPO, increasing mitochondrial concentration, uh, helping to release stem cells. So it's a very progressive method. And how does that compare to the LIVO2 system? If you're talking about LIVO2 being under a hyperbaric pressure? No, no. Or, oh. There is a device called LIVO2 that I oh, learned. Oh, you, you wear? Yeah, mm -hmm. that I learned about through Dave Asprey. He didn't make it, but he uses mm -hmm. it in his right. lab in Santa Monica. I've never been there. I'd love to visit it. Have you, I've you, been to Santa Monica lab. But yeah. you've been to the Bulletproof lab? Yeah. But the LIVO2 device is a... A, a bag that's about five feet by seven feet high, mm -hmm. and that you fill that with one or two oxygen concentrations, concentrators, till you have a, uh, hundreds of liters of uh, maybe 100, 150 liters of oxygen. Then you wear a, a tight mask and you exercise while you're breathing this oxygen. Then you turn down the contrast. You can decrease the oxygen while you're at peak exercise to lower your pulse oximeter from reading 100 to reading 80. And that's the same thing as what you're doing with altitude. Uh, you're, you're decreasing the PO2 in your blood for a measured period of time, and then that creates a hunger in your cells, and then when you turn the oxygen up again, while you're exercising, you push it uh, you know, under pressure 
because you're having blood pressures up and you know and it's uh, and that's supposed to be even better than hyperbaric oxygen in terms of but but there's the, the literature is not that deep on that device because it hasn't been around for decades like hyperbaric oxygen has so uh, and, and of course there's always a danger of uh, uh, oxidative stress which they claim is transient and then you rebound with more glutathione so uh, but I'm seriously considering getting that as well well a CVAC unit runs about hundred twenty five thousand dollars and a lot of the celebrities and stars and athletes are getting it um, you can go to a facility near my office I used to have one in my office and use I remember it on a regular that, yeah. basis it, it's it's it, it's different than what you've described um, because you're not exercising it it's just passive. well the reality is I sit in the CVAC with the Tesla Max and crank up 400 volts at uh, low amperage oh. and it's like 500 uh, push-ups 500 sit-ups uh, with a Tesla mat so which yeah. PEMF device do you like well, I think there's two good devices. I've tested QRS, uh, Beamer. You mean and, IMRS? And PEM, uh, PEMF. There's an actual company called PEMF. Oh. And, and I think the two of them are good. QRS, maybe, I don't, I'm not sure there's support for the customers and things. And I think Beamer runs a little bit more than the PEMF. But right. the Swiss made, it's good technology. I, I like it, but if someone wants to spend the extra money for Beamer, then get it. I mean, I think they're both good. I, I use a lot of... And Beamer uh, only has one frequency. As far as I know, you can't really change the wavelength like you can with IMRS 2000 or whatever it's called. You know, I'm still looking into that. That's another thing that's, you know, I haven't done all my research yet. Right. You, we yeah. have to go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah hey, we, uh, it's been great. Dr. Ira Goodman yes. and Wendy Goodman. Uh, and be, Nick. Be strong, be well, and uh, Always share. a pleasure to see you. <laughs> all right. I love all right. the update. Yes. Keep up the good work. Yeah, All right, good. You. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank Bye you. Bye, everyone. Please give us a review on iTunes, and we'll be happy out of the group of reviews to choose a lucky winner of one of our award-winning products. It could be Esterblock, Adrenal DMG, Stem Cell Strong, or even Power and Speed. We'll ship you a bottle at no cost. You'll enjoy it just from basically giving us a review on iTunes. Also, visit DelgadoProtocol.com. That's DelgadoProtocol.com and take our free hormonal quiz. Looking forward to assisting you to be your absolute best.